I feel like everything changed really quickly <laughs> in this auditorium, didn't you? Um, so this morning, uh, are we on? Good. Uh, this morning, we are in our series called Walk This Way. And uh, before we get into this, I just want to share with you, I don't, uh, did you enjoy, not the intro video, but the song before that? Uh, just that blessing and that prayer and everything that kind of goes along with it. And uh, so this morning, we are in our second week. If you were here with us last week, uh, we started a series called Walk This Way. And it's talking about walking a certain way, which is in Christ. And so this morning, we're going to get into a little bit further into Ephesians chapter 4, in verses 25 through 27. Uh, But let me start off with this kind of opening understanding. How many of you have lied? Okay. How many of you have gotten angry? Okay. How many of you have, it's happened this morning? Okay. Now let me start this off this way. Uh, This morning I saw all of the pollen and I immediately got angry. Anybody with me? Your car is full of it. Your nose is full of it. Like everything is full of pollen. And listen, sometimes we get into this. Let me give kind of an open confession. Last week I brought out a new pair of shoes and I didn't give you a full disclosure. I bought four pairs of shoes, not just one. So my confession is out there. I got them on a really good deal. You're going to see them over the next four weeks. Uh, these are my new shoes. But I, I wanted to share that with you because sometimes we think about this in the understanding, well, I don't lie. And then next thing that comes after it, as much as them. I don't get angry as much as It's crazy for us to think that way. So let me kind of dive into this a little bit. Some of the top lies that are told, and listen, don't raise your hand, don't look at the person next to you when this is told. These are the top lies that are told in our culture today. I'm almost there. Now, what does that even mean? I'm almost there. That means... I just remembered I have an appointment with you and I'm leaving the house, right? This one. Oh, it must have gone to my spam folder. Some of you are convicted and we're only two lies in. My phone has been acting so weird. Right? I love this one. I don't really watch much TV, (laughs) except for at eight hours at night. (laughs) This one, don't be offended. This is in the list. This is not just Jeff Hubbard. Your baby is so adorable. (laughs) We're going to deal with anger shortly. Keep it in perspective. And then I love this one. It's so great to see you. Look, some of you have told that lie this morning, but it's crazy. We don't think about those lies at all. We think those are just normal parts of our life, and this is just our culture and how it's shaped. CBS News did a report, and it says a news survey shows on average Americans tell at least four lies a day. Now think about it. Four lies a day. A day. Now, some of you are bringing up the curve. 
Some of you may be bringing down the curve, but this is kind of the reality of what we live in. Now, off of lying for just a second into anger. Now, here's the top reasons to be angry. I love this first one. People get angry when somebody pretends not to be angry. Anybody gotten angry at that? I know you're mad. Why won't you just tell me why? I'm not mad. Yes, you are. Why can't you just be angry with me? This one ranks really high on my list. Being told I'm wrong when I'm not. Anybody get angry over that? Look, I'm not wrong. I can't help it you're not as smart as me. Can I get an amen? No. This one, being talked over. Man, have you ever been in that conversation where somebody tries to talk over you and you're like, hello, rules to communication. I talk, you listen, you talk, I listen. We'll work on that in Marriage 101. This one, (laughs) slow internet. Listen, I don't feel sorry for the younger generation at all. Because when we turned our computer on, this little dial of death would begin to spin. And then luckily, if we had mail in our AOL count, we had to wait 30 minutes for the computer to boot up, then for that to open up, and then for the voice to say, you've got mail. Next one. This one may be a little close to home. Slow drivers in the left lane. Look, you know who you are. You need to repent right now. (laughs) A fun fact, some 84% of people surveyed said Americans are angrier today compared with a generation ago. Imagine this. I don't know if you see it like what I do, but when you look around the world, there are a lot of angry people all over the world. And it's crazy because it seems to be more and more frequent. And so before we dive into this Ephesians chapter 4, last week we talked about this transformation. Now, Paul is kind of weighing in on what this new life is. And in verse 17, kind of this carryover effect that once we have accepted Christ, there is a transformation that begins. That our life no longer looks like what it used to be, but now we are in Christ. This comes with a new set of standards, a new set of living, and we are to continually grow in our relationship with Christ and begin to fulfill these things. One of the biggest lies that the world has told each and every one of us is that you can accept Christ and stay completely the same. Listen, there is this major transformation that takes place. And Paul is seeing it at the church at Ephesus. He's recognizing it within people. And the same concept that takes place today is that people that have accepted Christ need to now live for Christ. I love this understanding because now Paul is kind of seeing the church at Ephesus. He's seeing the transformation begin to take place. And now they're reverting back to their old ways of doing things. And so he addresses it very, very, very clearly. 
And he gives kind of this reasoning so that we would know that we don't have to go back. He says the understanding is that they would adapt their Christianity to their own lives. Imagine this. Hey, God, I know that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sins. He's completely given me grace and mercy and forgiveness. And based on Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I know that this is this wonderful transformation that's taken place in my life. And I'm so thankful for what you've done in my life, but I'm not going to live for you. Listen, none of us would outwardly say that that's what we do on a regular basis. But that's what runs rampant throughout the church continually. Hey God, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me, but I'm not going to do anything for you. I'm not going to change anything of my life. I'm going to live however I want to live, whatever pleases me. To understand this a little bit further, there's a misconception that we, we, once we accept Christ, that we're chained to this way of doing things, this way of living The reality is Paul lays it out in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 and 2. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Get that. You are not judged. You are not condemned anymore. You are saved. He said, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen to what he says. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ. Get this, when we begin to live the way that God has called us to live, there is freedom in that. There is not confinement. We no longer have to deal with our sin. He helps us overcome it. He says, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Listen to me. You do not have to live that way anymore. It's done. We come to this reality, Jeff, you don't understand. I've been lying and getting angry for a really long time. I tell you, God can deliver you from it the exact same way that he's delivered so many people from it. So Paul deals with this as the first two sin problems. He says, let me lay it out to you because these are the ones that are going to kind of gut punch really quick. These are the ones that if we don't deal with them, they'll run rampant in our life. We can't bypass these. We have to fix these areas. First thing he deals with is lying. The second thing that he deals with is anger. So let's start by dealing with anger or dealing with truth. The transformation that should take place is that we stop lying, that we go from lying to truth. Catch that. That we stop lying and that we begin to tell the truth. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25, Paul lays it out this way. He says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. 
Paul gives us understanding that we are to put away the false, put away the lying, put away that stuff. To begin to be people that are living in truth. I love what he says that we are to put this away because lying does not identify you with Christ. In John chapter 8 and verse 44, it says, You are of your father, the devil. Listen to the description of who he is. And your will is to do your father's desires. He says, of the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. And he does not stand in truth. Because there is no truth in him. Listen, when we see Christ, he is truth. When we see the devil and what he does, he is deception. And so if we're identifying, continually lying, continually not telling the truth, we are identifying with this transformation that hasn't taken place and we're still holding on to the old way. Listen to what he says. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Can I tell you the truth this morning? (laughs) The devil lies to you all the time. Look at the beginning, the first two people that were on this earth. When you look at Adam and Eve, God gives one standard. He says, do not eat of the tree of life. Simple rule. How many of us think we could follow one rule? I gotta be honest. I don't know if it's the southern roots in me, but if you tell me not to do something, I want to do it all the more. Anybody with me? Oh, we're in church. I'm talking about lying, people. Quit lying. (laughs) The Garden of Eden, this subtle deception. Adam and Eve know that they're not supposed to take part. And what happens? The serpent, the representation of the devil, enters into the picture and immediately begins to deceive Eve and says, hey, don't you know, did did God really say not to eat of this? I mean, if he's a loving God, wouldn't he want you to taste all fruit? When that doesn't work, the redirect begins to take place and Satan says, Hey, you know why he doesn't want you to eat of this? Because you'll become God. He's like, man, I've got a really good life, but what if I were God? I wish I knew how many lies it took Satan to tell Eve and Adam before they were convinced. I love immediately when the first confrontation begins to come in. They immediately hide themselves from God. And listen, when we are lying all of the time, we feel like we have to protect every lie. Do you know how difficult it is to keep up with every different lie that you've told people? Immediately, they pull back from God. 
because they don't want them to see him. Listen, if you are constantly lying, you do not want to be in the presence of truth. It doesn't go together. So I tell you this, stop lying to people. Stop being known as someone who is not trustworthy. You know what's interesting is the most common default sin for most people is to lie. Try this. Kids, who did this? Not me. The interesting thing is, you don't have to teach a child to lie. You don't have to teach them and say, hey, when mom comes in the room and she asks, make sure you tell them that it was your sister. No parent has ever taught their kid to lie. It's interesting that this reveals one of the greatest things about us is that we are born with a sin nature. Listen, all of us are in need of a Savior. All of us are in need of Christ. He is the only one that can allow us to truly overcome this in our life. It's funny that our first instance of lies comes in very clearly because as soon as we're caught doing something that we know that we're not, we try to hide it. Speak the truth. Realize that God is truth. That is what he is defined by. He has never lied to you. He is the only being, the only creation, the only person in your life that will never lie to you. You say, man, why don't I turn to God more often if he is truth? I love what scripture says in John, <coughs> John chapter 14, verse 6. He tells us that Jesus is the truth. He tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He tells us the truth. He tells us, I am the truth. John chapter 14 and verse 17, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He continues in John 17 and verse 17 where he tells us that God's word is truth. So I want you to understand, when you lie, you do not represent Christ. I would challenge you, don't be a false witness. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, whoever says, I know him. This is claiming to be a follower of Christ, but does not keep his commandments. And what does he say? Is a liar. And the truth is not in him. You see, this is the part of this transformation that has to take place. 
This is the change. This is what takes place in our life when we now no longer become false and we begin to identify in the truth. So can I be a little bit humorous with you? Do you know what the results of lying are? Our favorite part of American Idol. Some of you are coming with me. The outtakes where somebody gets up there and sings and they think it's good. Do you know why they think it's good? Because everybody has lied to them. Oh, you have such a beautiful voice. You should go on American Idol. You should get out there and sing. The whole world needs to hear your voice. Do you know what I would do if I got up there and sang? I'd go punch everybody that lied to me. (laughs) Look, we think it's humorous, but I've watched that. There's people on there that are completely surprised. And it's the first time. And I don't really know that we can put Simon Cowell as the voice of truth in the church. He's this person that would just tell you the truth and go, that was awful. I think it speaks to the deception of the world that people lie to you all the time. And you're continually trying to take it in and it's because you want to hear it and so you surround yourself with a lot of people that just continually lie to you. It's interesting that I heard this week Instagram is going to begin charging for their services. Do you know why? Here's a fun fact. There are so many fake accounts that the only way that they can begin to filter through all of the fake accounts is to get people to begin to pay for them. Fake people don't pay for accounts. I'm sitting there going, wow. There's that much deception. There's that much lying. I'll tell you the results that continue to carry over is that now people see Christians, now people see people that attend church all the time as liars. Look, I challenge you, if you operate a business, if you operate in any way, fashion, or form, make sure you tell the truth on everything because the world is watching Look, there's a southern culture thing that takes place where a contractor will tell you, hey, I'll show up at this time. And they show up three hours later or not at all. Anybody ever dealt with that? Listen, if you want to see somebody lie, try to get somebody to do something. Be truthful. Tell people, hey, I may make it. I may not make it. If I can, it'll be this time. If not, I'll text you. Look, imagine how the world would be revolutionized if we would just tell the truth.
if you lie just like the world does, they don't know who the truth is, which is Christ. So let me go into anger for just a few minutes. I know all the liars are like, yeah, get the angry people now. (laughs) Right? Here we go. From unrighteous anger to righteous anger. I love how he clarifies this in verse 26. He says, be angry and do not sin. Catch that. It's okay to be angry until it becomes sin. But don't think that your anger is justified because I'll clarify it for you. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So let me give you the clarity here, the definition of what this comes to. Righteous anger is this. Anger of false teaching. If somebody is teaching somebody false teaching, we should be frustrated. I was kind of hoping for an amen there. It should frustrate us to no extent to say, we need people to know the truth. It should frustrate us to the point that we should do something. Anger of an injustice taking place. Some friends of mine are on a group text message, and I wanted to show the video, but it was just too graphic to show. They sent me this video of a guy yesterday, and he was standing at like a Sam's or a Costco, and he was standing there with his buggy, with his big flatbed full of stuff, and the lady behind him kept bumping him in the legs. Now, we all know this because we tell our kids the first time that they push the buggy, hey, if you hit me in the back of the legs, I'm going to beat your tail right here in Publix. Right? Okay, maybe it's just, you'll amen on that one, right? You can't hide from that one. I love it. We're now being truthful as a church. But the guy gets so mad that he walks over and he picks up a buggy. And this lady's still completely clueless to to what he's doing. He throws the buggy at her and completely knocks her off of her feet. And I'm sitting there watching this going, what just happened? But the anger that wells up in us so much, so quick, that is unrighteous, controls us. Listen, righteous anger, the opposite of that, can be used to educate and train people. Look, Martin Luther King Jr. was a great example of this. You think he didn't get frustrated by how people treated his family? You think that he wasn't mad when people were throwing bricks through his windows? You think that he wasn't ready for some retaliation? But he traded that anger and frustration for righteous anger. And he began to change a whole culture. He began to voice out and to speak out to what has truly taken place. So let me clarify with you what unrighteous anger is. Self-defensiveness. You know what's crazy? Most of our anger is from somebody pointing out our wrongs. That cuts deep. Most of our unrighteous anger is from being self-serving. It's interesting that we've all run into people that can control a situation because they get angry and everybody else walks on eggshells. 
This is the anger that leads to murdering others. It's crazy that in our time period, how quickly anger just escalates over and over and over. Listen, this is the anger that we should not be a part of anymore. Do you realize what anger turns into? Bitterness. If you don't think it's present, then have a conversation with your spouse and ask her or him, when did I hurt you the most? I promise you, something will come up and hopefully bitterness is not set in. The results of anger are this, it consumes you. You become angry at everything. It's interesting that the, 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 the small anger turns to big anger. This overtaking, this becoming angry at everything. And listen, I fight this the older that I get. Can any, any old people just tell me how to do this? Look, I get more and more frustrated the older I get. I can't believe people don't know how to drive. I can't believe people act a certain way. And look, there have been times when I've almost taken off my belt. It's crazy how angry we can get. Consumes you, become angry at everything, and then you look for reasons to be angry. Has anybody ever been around somebody that watches a lot of news? You tell me, are they angry? Man, it's crazy how quickly we can watch. Look, I I love the news, but I read it now. So that it doesn't influence me from a passion standpoint. Bitterness sets in, you become bitter, and you will begin to sour. Do you know that anger does not identify you with Christ? I love the example because everybody goes, well, Jesus was angry. And I go, absolutely he was. He went to the temple where people were supposed to be worshiping. And he flipped up the tables because they were taking advantage of everybody that was coming there to worship financially. And you go, Praise God. Somebody did what was right. Being angry gives you the wrong view of Christianity. We're not to be angry people. We are to be people with joy. We're to be filled with love one for another. I love the understanding that as Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 kind of carries over for us. And he gives us what's called the fruits of the spirit versus the works of the flesh. The works of the spirit are this, or the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, goodness. You know what's not in there? Anger, lying. I tell you, as a church, it 
It's time for us to begin to walk in the way of righteousness. For so long, the church has been embedded with a few believers who truly live it out and the rest that just kind of barely hold on to this thing. And I'll tell you, I don't know if you've seen the culture that's around us, but when we were singing that last song and I was thinking of generation and generation and my kids and my grandkids and sending them out into the world that they're in right now, I'm concerned. I'm scared as a parent because they're continually being lied to. They're learning to lie at an easier age. They're continually being around people that are angry just for the sake of being angry. I'll tell you, no time in history has the culture needed Christians to take a stand than right now. Our church should be an example of truth and love in our community. They should go, man, those people at Pooler Bible, they tell the truth all the time. Man, those folks at Pooler Bible, the Christians that are living for Christ there, I don't ever see them get angry. Unless there's just cause. The reason that this is important, and Paul packages it in the last part of verse 27. The reason that it's important for us to begin to put away lying and be able to put away anger is right here. He says in verse 27, and give no opportunity to the devil. Man, Every white lie that you tell, every unrighteous anger, is you inviting the devil to go, hey, let's go do this. Jeff, you don't understand. People in my world don't want to hear the truth. I tell you, they need to. We've got to stop doing what people want and start looking and saying, I will do what God has called me to do. This transformation has to begin to take place. We've got to begin to put away lying and begin to put on truth. We've got to begin to put away anger and put on righteous anger. I challenge you to evaluate your heart and your life. What do you lie about? What makes you angry? It's time to begin to transform into the image and the likeness of God. Everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes just for a second. The worship team is going to come forward and sing a a beautiful song to close out on. In a crowd this size, in a room in our culture right now, 
I promise you there's tons of people in here that struggle with lying and struggle with anger. Listen, this morning is time to take care of that business. You've been confronted with the truth. You've been confronted with what Scripture says. You now know that God is truth. It's time to stop lying. You've been confronted with anger the things that make you angry over and over and over again. You've been confronted and you've been shown scripture to say, listen, this needs to transform. This needs to change in my life. Will you begin? Dear Father, I come to you humbled and thankful for your word. Lord, you reveal it so clearly to us. May we begin to stop lying, start telling the truth, stop getting angry over silly things, and begin to get angry over the right things. Father, may you be glorified in everything that we do. May we be people that are truthful, that are not angry, and that continue to represent you well. Father, I love you and I praise you this morning. In Christ's name we pray, amen. If everybody would stand as the worship team sings, I challenge you this morning, listen, if you're struggling with truth, if you're struggling with anger, this altar is open to you. Stop carrying it around.